Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her and empathize her. Oh, empathize her. Empath. Empath. Okay. Hi, my name is Summer Yeager. <laughs> I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy, and our third co-host Jojo. Mm-hmm. And okay, Matthew's here. The patriarchy's here too. Yeah. The patriarchy is here actually in a lot of ways today. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. It's not just Joy's husband. Hi. <laughs> it's not just Joy's husband. Not just today. Joy's husband. There's some other ways in which the patriarchy really showed up. In... Technically, though, like, so so George is a girl. Yeah. But she's not, she couldn't possibly be here without the help of the patriarchy. True. As the same thing is true of both all of us. us. We're all here due to the patriarchy. I don't know if so they can it's hear always her. all represented. Oh, I'm sure. I think they can. They, you think so? She's it's laying really in cute. her little gym thing, kicking. Yeah. I'm just glad she's not crawling around everywhere because that's what she is. Doing. She will be shortly. <laughs> that's just going to be part of it. Yeah. I hope you guys love constant updates on Georgia's development. Yeah. That's just going to happen. Yep. The end. She crawls. She like army crawls every, wherever she wants. Wherever now, she wants. Off a cliff. <laughs> she'll try. <laughs> is there? Is there a remote at the bottom of a gully? She might go for it. Bottle of glue. Anything. Just anything at all. A knife? Yeah. (laughs) Ah, little children. Little children. She'll uh, leave a teething toy on the ground, but if she sees a rogue staple, you better believe she's going to go for that. I love it. Tiny and shiny. A tiny, oh, just like her. I know. Tiny and shiny. <laughs> that should go in our shop. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Speaking of our shop. Speaking. Oh, should we do that now? This is totally out of order, but <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yep. Yeah. So we had a contest. Um, we were, we're. <laughs> it's just really cute. She's summer. I'm joy. Yeah. We're beautiful co-hosts, and there here's the shop thing. Here's the shop. Because I know you guys are. Wanting... You're here for who won right. the contest. So we ran yeah. this contest. We asked you guys to come up with designs that you would like to see, that you would think would be in the Sheologian store. And right. um, you guys delivered. Not just the patriarchy delivers. You guys delivered. Right. We had, I wish I knew how many designs were submitted. I mean, it was five full pages of designs. It was a lot. Um, lots and lots of votes. You guys really showed up. So we are going to be announcing right now. Should I start with third place? The top three winners. Yeah. All right. So in third place, Anna Miller won, and she wins a $50 gift card. So Anna Miller, you'll be hearing from us. And in second place, we had Samantha Burgess. She is going to be getting a $100 gift card. You'll be hearing from us. Check your email. Go, Samantha. And in first place, we have, in a not-so-shocking move, 
a member of the patriarchy won our contest, <laughs> Mr. Dane Wilson. But they all voted for him. <laughs> I mean, so. you all voted for the patriarchy. Um, Way to go, Dane. So go patriarchy. He came from, like, it was like the same few designs in the top. Mm-hmm. Like the whole time. Yeah. And then he just. He came out of nowhere. Um, It was clearly Moscow collusion. And just right. can't believe. He had a whole city voting Those for him, guys. people in Moscow. <laughs> just unbelievable. The nerve. We're so excited. He's going to join us. Well, he doesn't know this yet. <laughs> I need to email him. He's going to join us next week. Yeah. Um, and True. he wins a, and I probably think his wife actually wins a $200 gift right. card to the Sheologian store. And we'll be talking to him about his design soon. So congratulations. You guys did a great job. Um, I was super just tickled constantly with the designs that were there. It was there. a lot of fun. You guys are so fun, so creative. Um, and and we each uh, we each want to give an honorable mention. So really, a shout out to our favorite designs. So you can mm-hmm. go first. Yeah, um, one of my favorite, and I had a lot of design. There were a lot of designs. That I, I yeah, liked. I have a lot of favorite designs. But I think some <laughs> special recognition, honorable mention, mm-hmm. uh, for me, goes to Kalani Homan. I think you um, pronounced it right. It was yeah, good. yeah, good. I uh, really liked her design. Obviously, not yeah. everyone's gonna know what her design is is, but she does yeah um so good job yeah good job and our our honorable mentions yes they're um, gonna get a 25 dollar gift card to the shop so so kalani Kalani, check your email um anna miller samantha burgess dane wilson all of you guys check your email and i want to give my honorable mention to ash mattson for her design which i really just her design was great. The concept was just hilarious. The thought that she put into it. It was, was just, really an original. It was very original. Yeah. And um, I just really, I'm still laughing about Dem Apples that she put in her design. So I really liked it. Matthew also wants to give an honorable mention. Matthew wants an honorable mention for his his design. Well, but we didn't discuss his. this with our, t- <laughs> his design. He automatically wants the patriarchy delivers to be. Right. Because that's his line. Because it was involving him. (laughs) Just bless. Just bless it all. (laughs) No, his that wasn't yours? This is not your show. This isn't about you. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew is not minding his own. Oh no, she's fine. Yeah. Um Yeah, he just wanted to shout out to the patriarchy patriarchy delivers. delivers. We're definitely going to, I mean, the patriarchy delivered and won this contest. So congratulations, Dane. Anyway, thank you all. I just want to say that all of your designs just really tickled me. We enjoyed looking at them all. It was so fun to see what you guys came up with. Everyone that submitted something, I just thought you did great. And it was just like, it it was weird for me in the way that... Um, I don't think of sheologians for me, as you guys probably know, um, I'm not a medical doctor and also I'm very on the inside of sheologians. <laughs> so like I'm very inside of yeah. it. So for me, when I think of sheologians, the number one thing I think of is like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friend. Right. <laughs> like that is the number one yeah. thing that I think of. Um, and so it was interesting because it was like looking at the designs was kind of getting to look from the outside in on like, okay, how do most people see mm-hmm. this thing? Like, what does it look like for most people? And right. so that part was really entertaining for me. And I just thought it was really cute. 
I love that everyone who like used our actual physical likenesses yeah. made us very slim. Oh, we were so... Thank you, guys. You, yeah. you gave so me no kind. double chin. <laughs> yes, our I... jawlines. <laughs> Man. Just real great. You guys are... You're the real winners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <this. laughs> the jawline award goes, goes to you to guys. Goes to all of you. <laughs> Thanks for giving me one. <laughs> me too. Um... <laughs> Okay, do we have to so tell great. them anything else about that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Other okay. than that, this the shop is coming, and we're yeah. all, we're really excited to for you guys to see <laughs> what's going on. Georgia's there. excited. Yep, she's also very excited about that. Um, I want to tell you guys to keep leaving voicemails at four seven zero four six five zero four seven five. Um. Oh, I had my first. We had our first um atypical woman book club meeting. Oh yes, yes, yes. On Wednesday, and um, I just want to tell you if you're one of the weirdos that listens that hasn't caught this yet, it is not too late to join. <laughs> um. So the reading for this week is super super light. So if you still want to be a part of it, you totally can. Um. We actually ended up having a conversation about. I'm going to forget all of it now. We had a conversation about uh, women's ministry. We had a conversation about image of God. Um, We had a conversation tangentially related to the introduction of Atypical Woman by Abigail Dodds, which is the book that we're reading. Um, But it just ended up being great. There were 72 people in there on Wednesday. Whoa. Yeah. Um, 72 people. So... It's really fun. Um, I think this is going to be a really encouraging time. So if you want to join us, it is not too late because you can get the book on Hoopla, Audible. I think there's a Kindle version. Um, and you can join us at patreon.com slash to do that. Even if you don't want to join us on book club, join us there. You get early release episodes and I'm probably a lot of insider info about the shop coming up as well. Yeah. So that's my pitch for that. Do we have anything else? That's the boring stuff. Yeah. I don't even know. I think that's it for boring hour updates. Boring corner. <laughs> Not that the contest was boring, but you know, <laughs> no, no, it's no. like a to-do list. Right. <laughs> I just look over and Georgia's like mouth is wide open going at your laptop. Yeah, she's chewing on the corner. Just like going straight for because the laptop. That's all she wants. She's surrounded by a world of just color and balls and monkeys and that's so mirrors but she really just wants there's what's a, outside of the There's a spiritual metaphor in there somewhere. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's Hopefully there. Hopefully we've equipped you to just figure out what it is. <laughs> At this point, you guys can do the show yourselves, okay? <laughs> don't expect me to tell you. You tell well, me. It's just, that's the answer when you're... I love I, it. Who, no, I'm with you. How many people have like, maybe you can relate to where I'm at right now, listeners. How many of you have had to forcibly make a person... <laughs> fold their body in half so that they <laughs> sit down all mothers <laughs> all of us it's like the uh the arch back when you're trying to get them in the car seat yeah and they don't want to sit down in the car seat so they just immediately arch their backs that's what jojo is doing to you right now <laughs> and whatever the spiritual metaphor is figure it out <laughs> Anyway, um, oh, she just got her attentions on something different. Good. Quick, let's do the show. Quick, <laughs> we have thirty seconds. So, <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about empathy today. We are. 
I haven't mentioned empathy since 2017 on the podcast. <laughs> You're like in, in general my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. What was your what was your uh, take us back to 2017? To t- okay, yeah, I can. I can tell you because there's a thing. I actually have it in my notes okay. too. Um, so in 2017, something that I noticed was that. Um, basically there's a pattern I've been noticing in evangelicalism, which is you can look, look to people that are like on the left. Okay. So like very liberal, progressive Christianity. Right. Okay. Listen to their buzzwords. Listen to what they're talking about. They typically sound like, they sound like political left leaning people as well. And what they're talking about right now and the buzzwords that they're using are the buzzwords that what you would currently think of as the right are going to be saying in two to three years. Right. So the biggest example I can think of of that is that I was following, um, you know, just your typical progressive Christians years ago. They started saying things like, <clears throat> well, if you're, you know, you're not really pro-life unless you're pro all of life but what they mean like what's underneath that umbrella of all of life is so when they say all of life what they mean is their political position on immigration (laughs) their political position on (laughs) gun control their political position on all these things so if you're if you don't align with them on on immigration and gun control and things like that you're not truly pro-life well right what did you know the southern baptists and specifically the erlc start saying last year well you're not pro-life if you're not pro all i mean it was the same thing it was just it was out of the progressive christian playbook um and so something i was noticing (laughs) that's her mad yell right yeah yeah she's mad because i won't let her have my mouse oh i can't believe you joy (laughs) how dare i let her have my phone <laughs> not that she knows what to do with it but it's not good Pretty, enough. any day now she'll start scrolling okay where's your dad dada yeah he just kind of he closed his laptop and disappeared jojo anyway so what i started noticing a couple years ago was that um so barack obama when he was president he was constantly talking about empathy. I think right. I think it's a fact. I think somebody actually looked into this because I know I read this somewhere that was reputable that said, like, Obama used the word empathy more than any other political figure. Like, he's recorded talking about empathy, like, more than any other okay. political figure up until his presidency. Right. And so empathy was, like, this big, huge, like, you're just hearing about all this empathy that we ha- all have to have all the time. And I started, so I kind of bookmarked that mentally Mm -hmm. and I started noticing then when intersectionality and all that really came onto the fore, one of the things that I mentioned back in 2017 on the show was that there's a doctrine uh, within intersectionality of the absolute righteousness and piety and virtue inherent in always feeling empathy right and that's something you'll hear over and over and so like the thing that you have to have in order to be virtuous in a intersectional frame is empathy right and so that 
obviously makes me want to go, okay, well, what do I really? <laughs> right. Um, because, you know, the Bible tells us that even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. Right. So if they're telling me this is how you be compassionate, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and like want to check that right. and like fact check that real At quick. At least check it. At least look into it. Like minimally, <laughs> minimally, I'm going to look into that. Um, if people like Jonathan Merritt most, and Barack Obama destroy it. are telling me to do it, <laughs> I'm going to look into it before I go ahead and just start doing that. So um, anyway, I think that I have since that conversation, since bringing up empathy back in 2017, I haven't really talked about it since because I kind of wanted to see where it was going to go because I told you there's kind of that like couple year buffer between the time that the world is like, oh, here's how you be virtuous before you see it in the Christian community. Before it really like all that hard work actually works its way into Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, it's 2020 and I cannot tell you how many Christians this year have been so mad at me because I was like, uh, empathy is not that great. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I've already gotten into it with people. And so I think what you and I would both want to say at the outset is that part of the problem is that empathy, people don't use it in the same way. There's not like one standard definition that people use when they talk about empathy. Right. And so that obviously creates some problems. It's not like we're, t- she's crawling. I know. I know. I just messaged Matthew, but I don't know where he's at. <laughs> Jojo, she just crawled over to me. I can't get she, over it. She, she will just go crawled to wherever me. she wants to go. Even if it's... Th- it wasn't like this last week. No, no. She's like, yeah, that's what I mean. Next time I see you, no, no. next time we record, she'll yeah. just be running. Yeah. I swear. She'll have a job. What's again? Where's her first job gonna be? <laughs> is the question. I don't know. It's up to her. The people we'll that the goes. people that are only listening to this show because they don't like us are so mad right now. <laughs> They're like, get back to the part where you were wrong about empathy, right? Because <laughs> because talk I don't about how heartless you are. <laughs> well, so that's part of the problem. Is not just that empathy has different definitions, but that at the end of the day, when you say hey, maybe we should think before we bow down to this idea of empathy. It really sounds like what you're saying is, I hate puppies and kittens. Right. Like, that's part of the difficult position, I think, that we're in when we talk about this. Is It's just like, well, who on earth is against puppies and kittens? Well, because then, I mean, like, and the more severe version of that is that, like, Oh, you want suicidal people to kill themselves, <laughs> right? Or like you want you want um, women who have been abandoned by their husbands to just like stay abandoned be lonely, forever, be lonely, and like <laughs> you don't even care about them, right? Okay, okay. So why don't you define empathy for us? Um, so I think the simplest, most basic, without bias, definition is. Usually people define it um, like versus sim- sympathy. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. empathy and sympathy are su- are in the same vein. They have to do right. with like um, sort of like sharing right. in an overall feeling or whatever. Right. Um, but empathy actually is where you attempt to feel what the other person's feeling right uh versus just like offering sympathy right um where you're just kind of a generally right um saying like i'm so sorry 
that that's happening to you or whatever. Right. But yeah, so empathy is where you are like actually putting yourself into the position and feeling the feelings of right of the person that is going through whatever, whatever thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. So I, I was going to, that's basically, yeah, it's the idea that you can place yourself in someone else's situation. And in a sense, you become that person in that way right? of like, okay, well this happened to you. So I'm going to feel this with you. Um, and so I think that I've been, I have been reading, I have been interested in this in a long time, Mm -hmm. this idea of empathy. Um, and I, I have leaned heavily on this. There's a, um, guy named Paul Bloom. He's not a Christian. He's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. He's talked a lot about this topic. Uh, last year, or the year before, I read his book, um, Against Empathy. And uh, he was the one that originally, you know, pointed out that essentially being against empathy is like saying, well, I hate kittens. Well, because the the opposite, like in our world, if you really want to get down to it, the opposite of, of like being an empath. Mm-hmm. Which can, oh my gosh, that can get so new age. Goodness so gracious. So fast. Um, but basically the opposite of empathy uh-huh. is narcissism. Right. Um, and again, I'm referring to selfishness. I'm not referring to narcissistic personality disorder, which actually I don't even think. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so the opposite of it is that you cannot think of anybody but yourself. You can right. only experience your feelings and you don't even care enough right. to right. to feel for other people or right. care how they're doing and or what's going on. That is, we're not pro that, <laughs> if I have to say yeah, that. Just I'm point that out. Um, and I think yes. there's a lot of problems. There are a lot of problems with empathy that it... This is where I would encourage those of us maybe you're listening to this and you're like, this is a waste of time. This is silly. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm a human. Of course I should have empathy for people. This is where I would want to say that we need to make sure that we are, we're being discerning. We're being Bereans. We're thinking like Christ and we're not just kind of taking in these slogans and then just putting a Christian spin on them. Um, it reminds me of the, a couple years ago, the live authentic yeah. So for a while, it was really, really popular to talk about how authentic you were. And it's like, well, well because it's like it's like the fruits of the spirit, like self-control and authenticity. <laughs> right. Just that. authenticity. And then empathy. and then and right after that, it's empathy. <laughs> um, but it's just like, well, then Christians started talking about how they're going to be authentic. And it's just like, OK, well, no one's saying you should be dishonest. But honestly, your authentic self sucks. Right. Like the nature that you, the sin nature you were born with, like that is authentically you. That is who you are. Right. And you're supposed to be mortifying your nat- the natural man. Right. Like that's what you're supposed to be killing. Like it's not something you should be hashtagging. And right. it's just like, it's easy. Despite that little nugget of. There's a nugget of truth there. Right. Absolutely. But it's like, you, we're not supposed to say infants in our thinking. Right. And so I think when people don't want to like really investigate these ideas it i understand it's easier not to but i think that i actually have a lot of reasons why i think that we should okay so um i want to just quickly point out that um these are actually two really cool examples i thought that you would like because they're kind of like psychological study and you're into that um and so one of the things (laughs) 
one, uh, there was a study that I read. There was a European study. It was done with male soccer fans. Okay. Okay. And what they did. Totally cannot empathize. I cannot. With that group yeah. of people at all. <laughs> I don't know how male soccer well, fans feel. Here you go. I, I can tell you. So what they did in the study was they took these soccer fans. So they took a group of soccer fans and then they put another guy that they could see in a room. And the, the other guy they could see in the room, they like poked and prodded this guy. Obviously, they weren't like harming him, but they were like causing him, you know, physical, intentionally causing this guy intentional physical discomfort. And these okay. soccer fans were supposed to watch this guy and they were hooked up to machines like they're so they were like scanning their brains. And so the guys basically the only thing the guys that were watching were told about the guy they were watching getting prodded and poked and all that was that he was a fan of the same soccer team okay. that they're fans of. Okay. Okay. And so the guy is watching, knowing like this guy is a fan of their their right. team and all this. Their brains actually lit up and responded right. in their pain centers. So they actually felt yeah. this guy's pain. Which we're American, so we don't understand anything <laughs> about to do soccer. With soccer. But in Just basically everywhere other than basically <laughs> everywhere other than the United States. Right. This is a big deal. Soccer is the thing. Right. So in a sense, they were feeling this guy's pain. They were told he's a fan with you. Right. They're feeling his pain. So then another group same exercise they're watching the guy get prodded whatever but that group was told that the guy getting prodded was a fan <gasps> of their rival team so he was the, the enemy he liked their rival team right so in this scenario not only did this group their brains did not respond in the same way but actually their pain their, so their pain processing centers barely even registered but their pleasure processing centers started to light up narcissists so they enjoyed oh, yeah. they were enjoying seeing this guy get prodded right because he was a fan of a team that they don't like right so what this the reason that i bring up this study is because it's just very it it makes it very clear to me that and and we as christians should care about this but empathy is not an essential component to making moral judgments right in fact, empathy can get in the way right. of making moral judgments. Yeah, I mean, there's there, there is absolutely something helpful about seeking counsel or accountability from someone that knows exactly what you're going through. Um, there's t there's a huge benefit mm -hmm. in that, and it's awesome when you meet that mm -hmm. sort of like counterpart of mm -hmm. your story that you're like, huh, how did we go through this exact same right. situation? Sometimes it's like down to the details, yeah. you know? Yes. Um, but that's not necessary right. for say you went through some sort of traumatizing situation. Right. That's not necessary for healing. It's not necessary that someone meets you exactly where you're at. And if right. in some cases, right. When, since we know that our like feelings and emotions are not always reliable or sometimes need right. to be redirected, Right. It can be helpful to speak right. with someone who is not feeling right exactly what right you are feeling. Right. I, can I just say that like I'm just going to say this once yeah. and for all. Okay. I think if if you are um if you're talking to someone and you are like offering them advice or just hearing what they have to say. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you care about them. 
Right. Just it's okay yeah. to care about them. It's okay. Uh-huh. It's okay to think like, hmm, I might need to deliver some hard truth. Right. So how can I say this in a way that is like compassionate? That, right. Yes. Um, it is that is absolutely okay, and I right. encourage people to do that more. Right. Because I think so many times we think, oh, I just, I just have the, I have the right answer. I know the biblical answer to that. Right. Or like I have good advice for that. Right. Um, or even if you've been through the same thing that they're going through, you can be like, oh, I know exactly. I know exactly how you feel. Right. But the point is, is you. I think what's more important than empathy is that you actually need to. Care, care about the person yeah. it's not about you right um it, it's about like mm-hmm. if you're there for them in that moment mm-hmm. you need to be there for them in that moment even if that right. means you say nothing and feel nothing like right. you may not feel anything for their situation right you may need to just shut up right and care about them right well it's a heart thing so i can't tell you like if you're doing it wrong or doing it right right but well and i think too that so okay so to what you're saying, it's like <clears throat> there's a time, there's a time to to do this that's appropriate, and I think a lot of times empathy even is very. Everything I just said doesn't totally even just strike. No empathy, like right. it hits a lot of different Things. points. So right about how to anyway. behave. Yeah. Um, but I think a part of the problem is that empathy, because it doesn't being having empathy, says nothing of morality. Right. And so it's as so for example as Christians we know that stealing is wrong. Right. And we know that whether or not we have ever stolen like what whether or not we can have been stolen from or we have ever been a thief like we know that that is something that is wrong. Right. So I don't have to experience that or know what that feels like right. to feel for somebody, to care for somebody who's right. been stolen from. Right. And so because empathy is not required for morality, um, another thing to consider is that empathy is extremely biased. So we know that you tend to feel empathy for people who look and think and act like you or like your same soccer team or whatever else. And so this might be beneficial when it comes to like familial relationships or church relationships, but it's definitely not helpful on like a global scale. Um, it's not an engine. It's not helpful on a, on a large scale. If the only people that you can be feel empathy for are the people who look like you. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but I think that, I think what you see, so despite everything that we've just said, there are many people that would say, I disagree with that. Right. Because it is empathy happens to be sort of like a currency in our feelings-based yes. world and especially because like the so if you have the ability to empathize with a lot of people meaning you've been through a lot of things right that means you fall into this like elevated tier of the intersectional world right, <laughs> right. yes which is so like the more people you can actually understand because you've that experienced means, their right. whatever right that means you have an elevated experience right and then you inherently understand more of the world. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's hopefully, hopefully, um, if you've listened to any amount of our show, <laughs> you know that that's not something that we <laughs> <Believe>. <laughs> agree with here. Right. <laughs> um, 
but it's it's uh it is i feel like i've been saying this more and more often it's the it is a way for someone who hates god mm-hmm. to say i'm good yeah here i am it can I'm be good. a real big virtue signal right sure um but uh i just i think that it so we've we've given all these reasons why it doesn't it doesn't work but i just i want to keep in mind that anyone who is a um a materialist mm-hmm. like any atheists that you know mm-hmm. um that are touting empathy mm-hmm. because this that is a large portion yes. of people yeah. whether they would say they're a materialist or not right that is a large well and you see a large portion of people who would claim to be atheists materialists Mm-hmm. that are now going into these sort of like um like emotional areas mm-hmm. because they inherently know that there is more to man than just a body or yeah. cells or whatever yeah um and and so they're getting more that's why people are getting uh more into like the psychological uh realm mm-hmm. of of men mm-hmm. uh and I mean, the split that they've kind of made is just like a, it's just like your brain and your body. Right. right. It's still material. Mm-hmm. So, but I just, I want to push you guys to be consistent with anyone who is preaching that. Right. Um, that doesn't believe in God because they don't believe in anything that's not right. material. Right. Um, empathy flies in the face of materialism Mm -hmm. because it actually requires you to feel what the person's feeling which even on a material level is not physically possible unless you guys are both like in the same Mm -hmm. like unless there's unless in that test that that uh, study that you mentioned Mm -hmm. unless there are two guys right being prodded right in the exact same way in a controlled setting right only those two know what that's only exactly those can like. fully empathize. Right. Um, and even then there are factors probably involved. In oh that. yeah. And so that's, that's where you have to like you, you empathy is, it's a nice little thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, um, it's not a big thing. No, it doesn't have any bearing on what's moral or immoral Mm -hmm. i think that's probably the biggest point that you're trying to make though Mm -hmm. is that that is the moral compass it it's so it's so feelings based and i know there are christians who are like well i have this verse ready and i have this verse ready and i'm ready to respond to those but you're right and so i think it goes beyond just not i don't think empathy is actually morally neutral I think when it comes to how we act and love each other, I think it's morally unacceptable in a lot of ways. And so one of the reasons it should not be your compass. And so one of the examples I have, and Paul Bloom uses this in his book. So one way that empathy fails is that we can see that it does not, it does not motivate you to act righteously. And the reason for that is that, Empathy and feelings, they can motivate you to, to you, you can empathize with a person, but you can't empathize with problems or statistics. Right. And so one of the examples he uses is that is the example of mass shootings. So right. a mass shooting happens, this horrible, awful tragedy happens, and we hear about it over and over in the news cycle. And 
you know, you hear about things like Sandy Hook and, and kids being murdered. Right. And it's awful. And you get to see pictures of them and you get to see their parents' faces and it's gut-wrenching and it's terrible. And you feel you you feel tremendously for them and you're heartbroken for them and that is appropriate. But where em- if all you feel for them is empathy, you're going to fail in actually doing something that is loving in the world. And the reason that I say that is because no one will talk about the fact that mass, these mass shootings that we get, I mean, just we get so caught up in, they only account for something like 0.1% of shootings in America. Right. And so if we were to, if, if empathy motivates us to end these, to completely snuff out right. mass shootings, you wouldn't even be able to tell statistically that anything had changed. Like you, you wouldn't have actually made America a safer place. Right. Like statistically, like the amount of people that you would have helped would be so minimal. And it's not that we shouldn't try to help as many people as we can. It's not that one life isn't worth the effort. Right. That's not the argument. But empathy doesn't feeling empathy for these situations doesn't necessarily mean that anything actionable or helpful is actually taking place. What it means is you care more about the face that you can see than the problem behind it. Well, and the real problem with empathy is in the context that you're speaking of is that it it's all about you. Right. <laughs> it's all about you, the your you're ability choosing to care to... about to feel that person's yes what they're going through yes and that's a fact because i heard this conversation that 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 nails it on the head if you ever meet someone that's like i am such an empath they are in love with themselves they are a narcissist so (laughs) i'm sorry i heard probably i heard this story it was two guys they were talking on the radio about um and it was about this topic and so the guy who was against empathy was was pointing out to the other guy who was a pastor okay so an atheist and a pastor okay talking about empathy and of course the pastor is like oh empathy is great or whatever right and so the what the atheist because in a way it is because in a way it is but he he did not interrogate this idea far right. enough but this is horrible and you just hit the nail on the head of why it bothered me so much yeah. that i hadn't been able to pin down so the atheist was saying listen Empathy can hurt people. Here's how. So Westerners yeah. don't realize they go to places like India, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess, and I wouldn't know this because I've never been to India, but I guess if you go to India, it's a huge thing. There's a lot of child beggars. Right. And the child beggars target the Westerners because they know that they have money. Right. And so the atheist was saying, hey, did you know that when you are traveling in these places and you give to the child beggars, you're actually encouraging the slave trade there because these gangs, these horrible gangs, right. these overlords, these wicked men, they will actually they enslave these children and force them into this life. And as long as you're there giving those kids money, these wicked men are going to continue this slave trade. Right. And the pastor said, yeah, well, it still makes me feel really good. Ugh. And so it's like in this moment, his empathy, quote unquote, empathy right. was was a danger. It was actually right. it was actually motivating this awful thing. Well, I mean, you're talking about our entire prison system right now, too. Like the fact that we put people in prison so that they can feel bad. <laughs> they feel right. They feel the effects of right. what. 
they they right. feel what they per- put their victim right. through. Right. That's why we put people in jail. That's why right. our our system is the way it is. Right. It's because we, we want, want them, to, them feel to feel bad. Right. And we in that situation we don't actually care. We're not even caring about the victim. No. We're actually focused on the perpetrator. The perpetrator and making him feel bad. Right. And it's like, well, you did this thing, so now you need to feel bad. Right. But it's like, what about the victim? You didn't make the victim whole right. in this scenario, yes. which should be the focus of the law. Right. And so I think another um, thing to consider is that people, bad actors, will manipulate your empathy. And so mm-hmm. empathy can be a huge engine for violence. So whenever politicians, this happens to us too, and you need to be aware of it and you need to be thinking of it. Whenever politicians want to incite anger and hatred toward another group so that we can go, you know, send drones or send bombs or whatever. What do they do? They tell stories about the victims. Right. So you turn on the news and it's look at these kids, look at these civilians. And so our feelings, if we're led by our feelings, it can motivate us towards violence in a way that like other things really can't because you're supposed to feel bad for the victims. But empathy, it basically can energize us in a way that few other things can. And I would argue that our government (laughs) overlords know this and they use it against us all of the time. And so emotional manipulation, it's a very easy thing to do when empathy is your guiding principle because it essentially becomes your job to feel the way that others are feeling instead of it being your Christian duty, which I would say is what, what we need to focus on instead. Your Christian duty is to serve Christ in a way that models Christ. And so Christ's love... For others actually did something it actually accomplished right. something and it actually helped others without ever sinning and i just don't that is not possible in a worldly empathy right. model, model jesus was not an empath jesus was not an empath he didn't take on your pain and emotions no he took on your sin yeah and he died for it Right. So, yes, he cared about people. Yes. But you know what happened when he when he encountered someone in sin, Mm -hmm. he didn't attempt to take on their feelings and understand he did. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. He didn't have to to be compassionate. Right. Right. He didn't have to take on their feelings and understand exactly what they were feeling. Right. To to be kind. Right. To them. That's right. And he also. Mm -hmm told people to repent. That's right. For the things that they were doing. That's right. He didn't try to commiserate nope. over sin. No. Nope. That's right. No. He I, died for it. That's right. <laughs> and so this is where are the people who disagree with us are going to bring up Hebrews 4:15. So I want to make sure that we bring it up. Okay. So the verse that says for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way as we are yet without sin. And so, well, if we're going to go with lazy arguments, then I'm just going to say, well, it says sympathize, not empathize. <laughs> now, there's translations that say empathize. I know. I saw I'm that just one. Kidding. Well, we will actually address it right now. Yeah, yeah. But she's right. Um, so a lot of horrible things have been done in the name of this verse. And right. I think the number one problem is because we think of ourselves as the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I have actually, and I'm going to have a hard time saying this because it's, super inappropriate it's not appropriate I just want to tell you guys what I'm about to say is not appropriate and it's hard for me to say I have actually seen people 
use this verse to argue that Jesus had queer temptations. Right. That he, oh, so hard to say. I have read this in in your mainstream evangelical blogs that mm-hmm. he, Jesus, because of this verse, we can know that Jesus struggled with same-sex attraction and all sorts of heinous, blasphemous things are said in the name of this verse. And I don't really want to go into that whole discussion right now of like concupiscence and whether or not evil desires are in and of themselves evil. If you're right. a Protestant, the answer to that is yes. Um, but what I will say is that Christ can sympathize with Christ was fully human. Okay. Right. Fully God, fully man, but he was never, he never sinned. Right. So he did not get in your shoes and feel every single one of your feelings. He did not have every single one of your thoughts and he did not share. He does not share with you in your sinful desires. Like you right. were saying. Right. So he experienced the full range of human experience yet without sin. So that means a lot of things are off the table. Right. So what that means is if your sister in Christ or your actual sister, I don't know, whatever comes to you and is like, Hey, I have so many romantic feelings for a guy that's not my husband. Like your job isn't to feel that feeling. Your job is right. not to empathize with her. Right. And Jesus never did that. Jesus right. did not. Jesus does not sympathize with that wicked desire. If you think that the crucifixion was a like was a sympathetic yeah, act, it wasn't. No, even sympathetic, not even empathetic, <laughs> just sympathetic. sympathetic. Sure. Sure. You're so wrong. <laughs> and you're making the crucifixion about you. Right. In all the wrong ways. Because in, in a way, it is about you. Yeah. But Wait. if that leads you to... Uh, okay. I ho- I'm going to let my statement stand. Okay. So what we're trying to say is that if you're having the kind of day with your kids where you can't believe, you know, what a terrible imposition they are on your life and you've totally screamed and lost your cool, like... Christ is not empathizing with you in that. No. He never felt that feeling towards right. little children right. that you're feeling. And that verse doesn't mean that he did. He right. never sinned in that way. And he doesn't need to feel that to be a, a good savior. Right. So he understand while he understands your temptations, the great news for you is that right. he never fell into them. Right. And that is why you get to go to heaven. Right. <laughs> Part of why it's you get very, to go to heaven. Like it's important. Right. And so... A lot of people will take this verse, they'll take, um, you know, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. Out of context, they'll strip them of all biblical hermeneutics and context and and basically start to believe that our job as believers is to feel exactly the same way that others are feeling. Right. But that is not your job. And sometimes right. your job is your duty. When your sister comes to you and is like, man, I really want to leave my husband for this other guy. Right. Like it is your duty to not feel that with her, right. <laughs> um, right. to not rejoice with her right. in that, um, but to point her back to Christ yeah. and to her, her duty, her job. Right. Um, and so I just think this is one way that we need to be interrogating this concept of empathy and how virtuous it is, because right. it's not just you know, statistically it might not do this or that, but it's like, does, does being empathetic actually make me look more like Christ? That should be right. the question. Yeah. 
Because um, I think in some ways it would. Sure. But in many ways it would not. In many, many ways it would not. I would yeah. say, I would go so far to say in, in, mo- most, in ways. most ways yeah. it will not make you right. look like Christ. Yeah. Um, and that I would, I would be very, very careful to argue that Christ was full of empathy Especially right. if it's a misunderstanding of Hebrews 4.15 um, and things like that. Because that is a misunderstanding of Christ and his work and what right. he did. Well, and I think, you know, I meant, I joked about the fruits of the Spirit earlier. <laughs> but the fruits of the Spirit are sufficient to cover mm-hmm. whatever good nugget we can glean. That's what I meant from earlier when I said a good little thing. Mm-hmm. I meant... Mm-hmm. That empathy can be covered by the fruits of the spirit. Right. Um, when Philippians tells us to think about certain things, empathy is covered by true, honest, just right. pure, lovely. Right. That, you know, like yeah. it's already, it's covered. We don't, right. I'm not saying you have to strike empathy from your day to day talk. Yeah. But maybe think about how often empathy is included in your day-to-day talk right. i guess is what we're consider how righteous you think it is right. especially when it's it's not something that you can explicitly see in scripture and you have to kind of you have you really have to kind of twist and jolt some things in scripture right. to see empathy as the world is using it and defining it which is how most christians are using it right. and defining it you're going to have to really do some gymnastics to get that to fit in there and so that's just never a good thing to do yeah my last thought is that scripture says some very not empathetic things regarding suffering right so empathy looks at the sufferer and it says hey i'm gonna climb down into the suffering with you and i'm gonna feel this with you let's be down in this pit together and i was reading in my bible reading this morning and it really hit me and i just wanted to mention this quickly in second corinthians 4 paul is writing to a persecuted church and this is what he says about their suffering and it, if empathy is your guiding principle, this is going to be really offensive. He writes Man, and Paul says, is such a narcissist. Such a jerk. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. And so that just really hit me in terms of empathy because Paul, Paul constantly, just the New Testament all over, speaks of these really horrible things that the Christians were going through as things that we should be able to be content in and right. and uh he refers to these things as momentary light afflictions well and paul very often was alone in his affliction right there wasn't someone and and he would cr- he would cry out to to god mm-hmm. right not because god mm-hmm. was going to feel what he was feeling right but because god is god god right and so I'm just going to say we need, again, my warning is to just be careful to not just go automatically with what sounds right, Um, especially in a soundbite age where everything has to fit in a tweet. Every, every, you know, you're not allowed to have more complex thoughts than what can fit in 240 characters. And um, people want the quick, well, well, that sounds good. Right. And so, again, I'm not against kittens. I'm not against you grieving with those who grieve. I'm not against you rejoicing with those who rejoice. I'm just saying really interrogate your 
position on these things, your definition of these things, and just pursue what is going to make you more like Christ. Right. And 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 be careful if especially if the world is selling it. Just remember that seriously, it's one of my favorite verses in Proverbs. Uh, even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. Right. So if the world is telling you, hey, this is super compassionate, you know what? They might be right. Maybe they are doing something compassionate. I'm not taking all compassion away from the world. They right. are all image bearers and that's a real thing. But if that is a doctrine of theirs, right? you know, they're they are the same people that tell you that murdering unborn children is compassionate care. So interrogate that idea. Don't be afraid, afraid of interrogating it. And, and, and if you're going to be fair, don't accuse us of hating kittens and right things like that yeah and i guess uh, well and it's uh, and maybe you can tell from some things i said in this episode but it's something i've been thinking about a lot which is just that we become so we have like we when we think about and i guess i'm kind of been thinking about this since resurrection sunday hmm. um but just we really we are in this position where we pretty consistently forget about what took place mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Um, cover our sin yeah um, and we like to watch a play or mm-hmm. a movie or whatever and I think we forget about um, just like how brutal of a thing it was, and when especially in areas where we're so uh, like emotion and feelings driven, mm-hmm. and yet we we forget about this very emotional, brutal thing mm-hmm. that happened. Um, and then as Christians, we just buy whatever crap the world is selling to us, and we don't even think about how like. We don't even think about how that might shape our views on that like emotional, brutal right. sacrifice that took place. Right. We lose it. Like we lose that. Right. And we don't think mm-hmm. we don't think of it like so if A is true, what does that say about the crucifixion? Right. Um, what does that say like about the sacrifice that right. was made? And Right. And it like it just bothers me in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it it bothers me too. Because <laughs> like you'll never know. I can never empathize with like with what it would be like to hang no. after being beaten, right? And then have God like the wrath of God, right? Which made right. the rest of the physical stuff like nothing, right? Yeah. And no. it's not, he didn't do it because he wanted us to, I don't know. Like it's right. just such, it's so convoluted. This is an area where yeah. like it's already clear. It's mm-hmm. already clear how we're to behave towards one another. Right. We know the benefits of loving one another. Right. And all of us could be more compassionate. I truly believe that whether it's yeah. in evangelism or your personal conversations, mm-hmm. a lot of people are evangelizing and speaking with people and they're like, Oh, I know the right answer, but they don't really care about the other person. Right. So I get it. Right. I get why it seems like there's this empty space where right. empathy fits in, but it doesn't. But it ends up being irrational because what I see a lot of times is how unkind and unloving people are 
when they see someone else not being the level of empathy they think that right. they should be. So it's like right. you see someone not being empathetic in the way that you think people should be empathetic and you turn right. into a monster right. towards them yeah. because they've broken this law of compassion right. that you If have. they don't have enough empathy, then you're allowed, then they're a bad person. And, and you're, you're allowed, allowed to, to treat, treat them, them like however that. you yeah. want. Mm-hmm. And you end up making a victim right. where there shouldn't be one yeah. because you, they somebody hasn't behaved how you think they're supposed to behave. Right. And, and it's like, well, what? Where do we draw the line? Right. Well, like, it's totally up to you. You brought up school shooting. Like, do we attempt to empathize mm-hmm. with the shooter? Right. Like, what did he go through? Right. Well, like, what a, was a lot he of times, feeling in that moment? Well, a lot of times people do that. They're right. like, look at the life that this person had. Right. This, this, and that. And it's because ultimately, when you don't have a, a standard that makes sense to stand on, right, you're left to your feelings. Right. And so somebody who had the same upbringing as the shooter can empathize with them. Whereas someone else would say, well, you're a monster for doing that. So it's just a mess. It just creates a mess. It's totally based off of, again, you for something that touts uh, thinking of other people. Mm -hmm. It's really you first. It's really you first. (laughs) Always you first. Yeah. That's it. That's just don't do it. You guys, (laughs) it's bad. (laughs) Hopefully I gave you a little more thoughts on it beyond it's bad. Yeah, we you did. Know? We but did. A- again, and this is, this is, I, I will end the discussion with my kind of final thought, which is a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, well, I'm, I, you're dumb and I still, I'm going to try to be empathetic. And that's, that's fine with me as long as ultimately what you're doing and how you're behaving is consistently biblical. Maybe you do define it differently. Maybe you don't care about soccer teams and statistics and that's fine. But my point is, is even if you disagree, I think that Christians should be able to disagree and have, have these interrogations of a concept without it breaking fellowship. Right. So that's my last thought on that. That's it. That's it. I'm good with that. Okay, cool. Well, in that vein, um, we talked for too long and (laughs) yep, we did. And we will, um, is my volume on? We'll see you guys totally next week or something. <laughs> it's never going to play. Or something. <laughs> we will see I mean, you we'll next see week. I mean, we'll see you next week. Yeah. No, we we're going to, we're still doing this. <laughs> and I'm um, just keep talking until the, because my computer's. Oh, just, is it loading? Um, You know, the little spinny thing. That, oh, uh-huh. oh, the rainbow spiral. The rainbow spiral. The rainbow circle. Um, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we love you guys. It's not going to work. <laughs> That's this is where everyone either starts talking about the weather or they're like, "We love you." Oh, um, or how about Janie? Every time she prays, she she so every time she talks to somebody like on the phone or messages, she uh-huh. tries to send you those yeah and emojis. Mm-hmm. Everything she says is, "I love you" and "I miss you." And so what that means is now in her prayers, she prays to God and she adds in the middle, she's like, "We love you." And we miss you. And I've tried to talk to her about it because I'm like, you don't have to miss him. Right. Like, he's here with us. And she's like, but I need to tell him what I'm feeling. And this I'm just, is just like. just a part of the, uh, her, like, script. Just, like, part of her script. And so every time she messages you and wants to send you this, those memojis, she's like, I love you and I miss you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what is happening right now? My computer won't do what I'm telling it. I, oh, you guys, I got it. I got it. Are you ready? Oh, she, it, it, it's <laughs> happening. Uh, okay. Oh, it's going to be an ad. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just have to get through this ad. You guys, this is the best song ever. 